Broadcasting live around the globe from San Antonio, deep in the heart of Texas. This is Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Eddie Hill, and I will be presenting reports and evidence of some of the most astonishing paranormal claims. I'm joined by my co-host, Renee Rodriguez, and our director and producer, Miguel Cantu, who'll be monitoring the chat room and phone line. We have a fantastic show for you tonight that will open your minds to the infinite possibilities to explain our universe. Get comfortable and prepare yourself for the best paranormal show in the world. This is Paranormal Analytical. and welcome everybody to paranormal analytical we are live and like to welcome you to the show and i also like to welcome my co-host dylan holiday hello everybody how are you all today and our other co-host uh renee rodriguez is uh once again gonna be late you know he's never on time but we have a show for you tonight that we're going to hope that you like because we're going to just kind of have an open topic. Uh, I saw that Randy Cole is in the room. Randy, uh, if you check your Skype, I don't know if you can get to it. I don't know if you're able to. You might be up on the slope or somewhere where it's all snowy and cold up in Alaska. But if you can get to it, I did send you an invite through Skype so that he, you could join us on the show. He messaged me back, Eddie. He says he can't because he's at the office. Uh, he said he'll have to wait until next week or uh, the two following weeks before he can join. Uh, he said there's too many interruptions, but he'll be listening and commenting. Um, and he says thank you so much for the invite. Randy, uh, we love you. You're the greatest. You're, you're invited anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you want, you can jump right on in. So, Dylan, how are you doing, man? How, after after the Halloween and all that kind of good stuff, I mean, we're now in Man, uh, I, I was given a super stressful task today. So, um, I don't know if you guys remember high school. I know it's been a long time for you, Addy. But high schools have something that they call, um, like, mock trials. Mock and trials. my high school does a mock trial. And, you know, Eddie, I know you deal with actual trials because you're a big boss, man. Um, but I have to be in this mock trial. And 
whereas everyone else had like three weeks to prepare, I only had a day uh, because one of the fellas is unable to make it. So I am his fill in and I am super, super stressed because these people all work super hard for this. Um, it's a big deal and I don't want to be the reason, you know, that it's it's messed up. So I am working super hard uh, all today. I've worked super hard today. I have to work super hard all weekend and hopefully I don't mess up on Monday. Well, it, it doesn't sound like it's, you know, something that's super tough if you're on this trial thing. Well, so the thing is, is that they take about three weeks to set it. Uh, it takes about three weeks, about a month to set up everything. And there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Uh, there's no script. Everyone writes their own stuff. And um, pretty much I have to just memorize a, a bunch of uh, character traits. And as you know, Eddie, we've talked about this. I'm not a writer and I'm not an actor. Uh, so it's, it is difficult. I'm one of the key suspects and it's interesting and I, and I'm super happy to do it and I'm super happy I can help out. I am just super nervous also. Yeah, I could see that. I can understand that. But that's all that's happening over here. Uh, not much else is going on. Um, I am trying right now. I saw that we have Alex that just popped in. I'd like to get Alex on. Alex, are you free to jump on? Can you do a? Uh, can you come on with a, on Skype? Uh, let him reply, and we'll see what he says. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can even send him a message if uh, if you'd like. Um, Dean is watching. Oh my God, I haven't heard from Dean in a coon's age. Dean, how are you doing, brother? And Dean, I don't know. I don't know if you ever uh, were able to speak with Dean. Uh, Dylan, but I don't believe so. He is awesome. Dean is a great guy. He's full of uh, stories. He he can literally work a show the whole. Oh, he before he would literally work a whole two hour show with us, and and uh, I mean he did phenomenal. Wouldn't miss a beat. Wouldn't miss a beat. Um, yeah, you know, that's the thing. I'm so happy that a lot of our old listeners are coming back, and I'm so happy that a lot of new listeners are coming to join us. You know, I've been on the show for a long time, and the fact that we're getting listeners that are new to me uh, is, is crazy. And the fact that we're getting new listeners that are new to the show is even better. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy of, of where we've been, and we're only moving up, everybody. As the holiday season uh, rolls in, it's only going to get better. Hey, Dean, are you able to jump on the show with us? We haven't heard from you in a while, and I'm sure everybody would like to hear what you've been up to. Because I've been watching you. You've been busy. You've been out there uh, kicking butt and taking names. Uh, If you can come on the show, I'll shoot you a link. Just, yeah, whoever can be on the show, man, we'll take as many or as little as possible because we need it, man. Uh, we would love to have some some guests, some listeners, and some talkers with us. Uh, you know, we've had some, some – I would say it's safe to say, Eddie, we've had some rocky past couple of weeks. It's been kind of rocky. But you know what? That's not going to deter us. We are, we are going to keep chugging forward. It's going to be great. So I'm going to go ahead and send Dean – Yep. Um, Everyone, I would just like to say, and I'll probably say this again in the show, uh, as you guys know, this weekend is, uh, you know, um, what is it, the Veterans or is it Memorial? Well, it's Veterans Day, right? That's the, Mm -hmm. or is it Memorial Day? What's the term? Um, Uh, Let me look here. You brought it up, you tell me. I don't know if they call okay, it's Veterans Day. Great. So vet <laughs> shut up, Eddie. So Veterans Day is Sunday. Uh it is observed Monday, and we would just like to say thank you to all of our veterans. Um Eddie, you were a veteran or are a veteran. Well, I yeah. guess is the 
were, was, still am. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I it's hard for me to do that. But we we you know we appreciate our safety here in the United States of America, and it is because of the brave that we are all free. Uh, the brave men like my balding buddy. Well, I'm not balding. He's my bald buddy Eddie Hill, um, and, and so many others. Uh, you know, you guys quite literally put your lives on the line for uh, this country, and uh, it is appreciated. Well, thank you very much, and and I just want to reach out and say uh, thank you very much to all our veterans, our men and women, and their families for the sacrifices that they make, you know, during, you know, all these difficult, difficult times that we've been going through here, especially lately, and the ones that have paid their ultimate sacrifice as well, you know, during the time of war and everything else. It's just so sad that, you know, our freedom is paid for with the blood of our men and women and families to boot. You know, and, and I'm, I'm not talking just the ones that go out there and put their life on the line, but I'm talking about the family of the ones that actually go out there and do the work as well. That That's a big sacrifice on their end. Yeah, um, you know, these men and women that are, you know, home waiting for their loved ones to, to return, uh, you know, they're they're in a way battling just as much as as uh, the folks that are on the front line. Absolutely. <clears throat> And, you know, and, and not only that, but I mean, it, it's where we live in troubled times, Dylan. We really do. I, I can't I honest. I can honestly tell you, you know, even as being as ancient as I am, uh, I have not seen a worse set of times growing up that I can yeah. remember ever. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Um, a lot of people say, you know, a lot of people uh, and, and this is me, you know, just just kind of freestyling here. Um, a lot of people say a lot of bad things about the young people in this country, man. But you got to kind of stop and think because they we have it rough. Uh, you know, they have it rough and it's it's a scary world. And, uh, you know, not much else you can say about that. Well, but let's I, you know what? Go ahead. let's just keep striving to make it better all of us and uh you know let's keep pushing away any all this negativity and all this stuff and yep. i think as long as we do that we'll get this place back to the way it needs to be to where yep. we can all actually talk to each other without starting an argument so yeah uh which you know that may be coming in the future here eddie but um, i enjoy hint. arguing with you dylan that's what you yeah, don't understand hint, hint. I, we're dropping a major hint here that there may be an argument coming soon in a fun way maybe we're not sure yet yeah we're, we're working on the ideals of the of this yeah. new show where we can actually get on here and bicker back and forth and oh it'll be and great I'll we think you guys are bicker an old man talking to you like, oh, listen to me sonny and if you were closer i'll beat you in the head with a cane so yeah you know. you'll, you'll make me go outside and pick my own switch I'll that you're gonna your beat me with. i'll light your tail up on fire like you wouldn't believe <laughs> you remember what foghorn leghorn used to do to that dog well you're not old enough but if you ever watch looney tunes you'll know what i'm talking about well i about. know who foghorn leghorn is but yeah i don't remember what he used to do to a dog I do say so. It's mighty hot in here today. Uh, or yeah, no, is that, he does is that who Foghorn Leghorn is. He does his history. Yeah. Hey, what do you think? I don't know who the Looney Tunes are. You know I'm old school. I know all this stuff. God, you want to sing a Merle Haggard song together? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but uh, let's see. What, what what kind of paranormal things can we talk about this week, Eddie? Are there any suggestions well, in the chat, what? or are we let just going to... Let us dig into the archive and see what is new in the paranormal world because technically that is what 
I want to look into tonight is the new happenings. Yep, I'll see if I can look up some stuff on my end, and you can look up some stuff on your end, and we'll just we'll just uh, you know see what we can do here. It is it is you know it is rough without Renee oh, here to what? tell us that I have got to get my glasses because I'm old, like you said, and I oh, can't see. Oh my god! Give me a minute. I you gotta know, get my spectacles. Hang on. <laughs> Um, you know, it's really rough not having Renee here because he keeps us in check. He's the one that says, all right, guys, let's get on topic here. So when he's late, when he doesn't show up, it really it, it, it ruins the whole show because then me and Eddie just talk about, you know, ourselves. <laughs> We're two selfish bastards, you know. Um, uh, let's see here. Do we have some fun, fun, fun stuff? Um... Oh, man. Why is it always so hard to find find paranormal stories? You know, everybody has paranormal stories, but when you're looking for them on the interwebs, it's always difficult. <laughs> and my man Eddie's getting his glasses, his his readers, or do they call my them cheaters? It, and you know what? I lost something. Uh, oh, well, don't tell me you can't find your glasses. No, I got my glasses on, but I lost something. Oh, Jaluth. Don't know yet. Let me. Can't find it. You're making all sorts of noise. Oh my God. Um. Well, if you guys have any suggestions of what we can talk about, please drop it down because Eddie knows just about everything, and I'll be happy to hear some stories. Or even if you guys want to tell us stories directly in the comments, you guys know these kind of shows are rough. The shows where, you know, we're on our lonesome just me and old eddie hill it, nothing can be as entertaining as when it was me and randy j cole you know we are the greatest duo that's ever been made we are better than batman and robin better than sugar and spice you know better than chocolate oh, real and salt quick, I'm, I'm back hold on just a second uh dean he asked if i have a link uh if you would go into your skype and look on there and i added you to the conversation so uh, just all you got to do is click on there and you'll be in the conversation with us. Woo! Um. Uh, let's see. Amelia. Hey, Amelia. I was on her show last night. And uh, if you all didn't get a chance to check it out, uh, give it a, a listen to. I posted it on the page and I believe she did as well. And uh, she said, I would love to learn more about Hags Eddie. I forgot to ask you about them last night. So. It depends on what kind of hag you are talking about. There's all different kinds of hags. <laughs> Eddie's met a lot of hags in his day. Yeah. Oh, Miguel Cantu's there. There's a recent Hi, video Miguel. circulating about water, right? Water primates that came out of a cave, and I believe that falls right back into our. Uh, uh, mermaid uh, conversation we had a while back, <laughs> which was which was surprisingly one of our better episodes. Uh, you know, it really was. I I uh, I made all the research for that one, and I was really surprised. But sure, we'll talk about some water primates. We'll talk about some hags, and uh, I do want to talk about this uh, lovely video that Randy sent me. Um, Randy, do you know who that guy was by chance, or is that just some guy? And you can either message me or um, do it in the comments. But basically what the video is, it's a video of, of a guy who uh, was in the woods, and he spotted a creature and described the creature as kind of a primate-like creature. Maybe it was a Bigfoot. I don't know. You know, But that leads into these water primates. What are these water primates? What's happening in the oceans? Are there some sea hags running around? Sea hags. I'm looking for the water primate thing now. He's got me curious. 
I'm curious too. I really, you know, I, I, cause you know, I don't know if you folks know, uh, you know, as much as like Eddie and the crew do, you know, my niche is like cryptozoology. I enjoy cryptozoology. Well, I don't know much. It's just the thing that interests me. Um, you know, that's, that's like my UFOs, if you will. Um, so far I've got, uh, different things on sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. Yeah. You know, you ever get to play with sea monkeys? I've never played with sea. What are sea monkeys? Those barrel, mo- the monkeys that are in the barrel? No, you, you you used to get these things. They're called sea monkeys, and they always had these little pink looking, sea monkey looking things on the front of the package that would make us kids want to buy that stuff. And we're like, oh, mommy, sea monkeys, we want to play with that. And we'd take it and we'd pour it in the water, and you'd wait a few days, and basically all you'd end up oh, with is some brown shrimp. Oh, you're you're talking about those things that you put in the water, and they like grow to be like octopuses or. Uh, I don't know, alligators. Are you talking about those things? No, it's like a little package that you put in the water, and, and they're called sea monkeys. And uh, if uh, you'll pull up some, if you'll pull up a picture of a sea monkey, I will definitely go look at some sea monkeys. I am so and, interested. In oh, you sea know, monkeys. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna post a picture up here. And yeah, I can put one up on the uh, YouTube here as well. So this, or yeah, because I'm live on the YouTube. Okay, because sea- there are. What sea monkeys are, as far as what they really are, they are brine shrimp. Okay, so they're a little crustacean. Should I put toy sea monkey toy, or is it like not that? Sea monkeys. S E A monkeys. Okay, okay, so it'll pop up here. Oh, great. And and here is the little container that I used to look at, and it, Mom, buy me this. You know, I'd I'd have to go get it, you know, because it was like, it was too cool to pass up. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to add this on to our show. Let's see if we can get Dean in here. Let's make sure that he's all squared away and his link's all working and whatnot. Because uh, it would be great to have somebody to, you know, tell us their stories because we like stories. We enjoy stories. Uh, but, yes, I see your sea monkeys. I see what you're talking about now. <sighs> um, Miguel, are you talking about the Thailand situation? Yes, Miguel, are you talking about the Thailand situation? Uh, These sea uh, creatures. Sea monkeys, each one. Interested in what sea monkeys are. I ain't uh, looking ones yet. Okay, so. um, There it is on the page. Everybody who's uh, watching this can look on there and see these are the sea monkeys. This is what all the hype was about. And, uh, man, I used to buy these things by the ton. And then I ended up feeding them to my fish. So um, what what Miguel is saying here and what Randy are saying is that uh, the video was an art project that became assumed to be real, and it shows how easily the fake cryptic sightings can spread. So basically these water monkey primates – I don't know what the proper term for that is. Um, I guess they were – these kids made some type of project, and uh, people ended up thinking that it was like a real thing, but it wasn't. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's pretty much the story behind that. Uh, this was in Thailand, I believe, is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, I wish we could, do we have a, I wonder if there's like a video uh, somewhere. There might be. Um, but, you know, there there's so many cool things like this. And, and this right here is another reason why I think the paranormal is so popular. I mean. This is kind of like a subcategory of the paranormal, and, and we're talking about sea monkeys. So, yeah. Thailand. 
least I'm trying C to fit that in there. Or, or C yeah. primate. There's other Let's stuff. Let's see if that'll. Let's see if that'll pop up. Maybe I can get a picture of this video. Um. Hey, Miguel, are you still on, buddy? So, um, wow. Uh, shoot. We already have 52 comments on this. Golly, people, you guys are the greatest. Um, it was off a cave in Thailand, uh, and it, it was indeed an art project. So, wow. I mean, yeah, that, I guess that does show just how easily things can be, um, not, I guess plagiarized is yeah, the word. Randy uh, said. Randy said, "Yeah, it was an art project." So, yeah. So I guess this shows just how easy you know these things can be, you know, created, uh, which is kind of crazy that you know that went viral and you know a lot of people uh, believed it. Miguel says that it did spread uh, spread around Facebook pretty quick. Um, so what about these hags, Eddie? What do you know about hags? Hags are basically banshees for the most part. Okay, I see. I'm familiar with banshees, mm -hmm. so that that helps a brother uh, out. A hag is just a, a different uh, form of it, just like a la llorona. Okay. Okay, that's she falls into the category of the hags. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it, they normally appear when something bad is going to take place yeah. or there's a death, something to that effect. So there's always something going on with the hag when they appear, you know, and. And I guess in, uh, you know, it's it's a folklore that's been going on forever, you know, and it came a lot of it came out of Ireland and also uh, out of us, uh, you know, from all that area up from the Isle, yeah. you know, in the UK and around there. But the, the hag has always been a, a great uh, conversation piece. Yeah, so um, it's spread around there. OK, there is a Facebook. Thank you. Or a, an Instagram. Thank you, Mikel. I'll, I'll look that up. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So my understanding of banshees or hags, because, you know, the only hag I know is the hag, Merle Haggard, the late and great. Just a nice little plug for the music. Um, the only thing, you know, what I know is that so, so supposedly, you know, sirens, banshees, what they do is they they can do a couple of things. I know with a siren, it's normally it takes the. You know, form of a lovely woman, and it uh, attracts a, you know, an unsuspecting uh, mate, and then it kills them or takes their soul or whatever. Um, you know, you have the succubus, which is the same kind of concept, and then you which have is that. One, the, one thing the, that you've been looking for too, I understand. No, a succubus is is, is your demon. That's that's. A hey, demon. there's Dean. Hey guys, how you doing? Do we have Dean? Dean we do. on the rate on, on our show. We do. That is his bearded glory awesome. and all. I wish I had a beard like that. Golly, we're getting there. Dean is the, well. It's Christmas Dean is the time. shit, everybody. You know, I've got my a lot of work to do. <laughs> how you been, bro? Yeah. Hey, how can I see you guys too? I, all I see is my own ugly face. I well, sort of don't like that. You can't see us because we're just we're strictly just on uh, uh on chat. Okay, so I'm going to have to look at myself when I talk. So you're going to have to uh, look at you and make sure that you look all pretty. Well, I don't... I'll have to suffer through that, I guess, but... <laughs> so, how are you guys doing? Dean, we are doing phenomenal, brother. What you been up to? I know that you've been busy. You've been out on the road a bunch, and uh, you've been doing a lot of yeah. a, a lot of lecturing speeches. What, 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 you been, what have you been up to? Yeah, well, you know, my... Uh, 
business I've been in for 30 years, the photo business, I acquired the Walmart account for the whole country. So I've been working, uh, my whole family and associates have all been just working like crazy. And we, we, we're trying to open like a hundred new offices in 36 months. So wow. we're, we're working like crazy. You know, it's the family photo business that you see in Walmarts. So, uh, I sort of semi retired, but to take this project, on the way the only way they were going to get this done is if i helped them so uh i've had a sort of been a bummer in that uh i probably rode my bike the least i have in probably 10 years um so um that that part of it's you know yeah man i mean but i've been seeing you all over the place you've been you've been doing quite a bit yeah uh you know i've Still been working with the homeless and uh, went to bat for uh, one of the homeless ten cities in Akron. I've been to the city council meetings, and you know, as you, you know, I do all that voluntarily. I don't have a charity. I don't take money for that. It's something I do to give back, and uh, that's been a heartbreaking thing. That's that's been a tough year for the uh, Akron homeless. Uh, the right. uh, a- Akron mayor and city council voted that. Uh, that the uh, homeless can no longer stay in the tents, even though they're on private property of a friend of mine. Now, even why, owns the building and the, you know, I, you know, I hate to jump into political issues, but that right there just doesn't sit good with me. No, it's 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 ter- terrible. Uh, you know, there's now 29 major cities in America where uh, it's absolutely illegal if you even get caught feeding a homeless person or handing them a sandwich now. Uh, and it's just getting worse and worse. Uh, a lot of cities, instead of helping the homeless or helping solve it, they're being very violent towards them and uh, making it. Uh, they're basically chasing them out of their town uh, to solve the problem. Right. And then they throw it on smaller towns, you know. And uh, but this one's real heartbreaking. Uh, very wealthy guy in Akron. That's a good friend of mine named Sage Lewis. Uh, he uh, uh, even owns this great property that's hidden in Akron. You can't see the tents from anywhere. He supplies them food and showers, and uh, it's private. It's on private property, and one nosy city councilman got involved, and the uh, next thing you know, they passed a law to shut the whole place down. Um, and uh, right on the and it's goes into act on the week of thanksgiving how's that for nice wow. so all these people go from homeless but at least have a community so now they're just going to be living in the alleys of akron and the little woods all over town and in old abandoned buildings you know all that goes uh, back they're still going to gonna be... be there but now they're going to be everywhere and nobody's going to be able to watch over them and uh yeah, like you know, that, all that all that goes back to is out of sight, out of mind, and, you know, y'all just stay gone and we won't worry about you. Exactly. And a lot of these guys are veterans, which See, that's my original bullshit. Uh, that's work bullshit. I do is, was for veterans, but now I work with any kind of homeless person, even addicts and people like that. Um, you know, when I had an addict situation in my own family, uh, it woke me up to uh, how... You know, that saying, well, Dean, you're you're helping a bunch of addicts and, uh, you know, bad people. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sort of like Jesus when he said he didn't come for the perfect people. He literally stated he came for the murderers. 
right. and the adulterer and the drunkard. So, you know, I, I, I don't I hate that when I see Goody Two Shoes say, well, you you shouldn't be helping those people. Did you know they're bad? <laughs> you know, it's that, like, you know who the bad ones are? The, that, the, the attorneys in white shirt and ties. Now, those right. guys are bad. You know, and, and for all of you out there who who uh, hadn't heard uh, Dean out here before, I mean, he rides his motorcycle cross country all over the place, and he works a lot with all the homeless and and anybody that needs help. He's always out there willing to give him a helping hand, and uh, you know, he he is just he's a true American to go out there and really help these people. You know, we have so many of our own Americans out here that are homeless and in in need, and the country, you know, and, and cities and everybody turns their back on them. And, uh, you know, it's so it's a sad thing, you know, and uh, I'm glad you're out there helping. Dean, I wish there was more people like you out there. Well, you know, hey, the, the topic of your show, I, I didn't have threw that in there, but it's uh, it's about the, the uh, paranormal uh, stuff. You know, something I never really told the story about was we shared the trip about Spring Ranch, Nebraska. Yeah, that was a heck of a story. In Nebraska. But, you know. One of my coolest campouts um, is when I went on a loner campout in the state of Ohio. The most haunted place in the state is considered Moonville, Ohio. Have you ever heard of Moonville? Never heard of it, but I'm going to tell you something real quick. When you're talking, Dean, I want you to talk to my other co-host, Dylan Holiday, who's on here. He's 18 years old, and he's, he's a skeptic. He's not a disbeliever, but he is a very very true-hearted skeptic that, you know, it finds it hard to believe some of the stories that we've heard. And I'm also relatively close to you, actually, Dean. I live in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. I don't know if you're familiar oh. with where that is. Oh, yeah. I am relatively close to you. I know exactly you. where you're at. Yes, Been I am relatively. Yeah, it's, you know, I as soon as you said Akron, I was thinking Ohio, but then I said, I'm sure there's many Akrons in the world. But, uh, well, all right. I, I don't really live in Akron. I live in a Amish country about 45 miles south uh, west of there. Uh, okay. But uh, I live out in the country. Uh, most of my neighbors are Amish. Uh, but uh, my home office, interestingly, in my photo business is in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, is where my home office is. But uh, it's quite a contrast, Amish and Las Vegas. But, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but please uh, share your story. I'm I'm willing to hear well, anything. I'm like you, Dylan. I uh, was a major uh, skeptic, and uh, even though I I, I uh, always practice a strong personal spiritual life, uh, spiritual but yet not religious, um, I started doing uh, mixing in my uh, cross country bike trips. Um, I started mixing in where I stayed as a biker all by myself and wherever my followers would tell me the most haunted place in whatever state I was in was. And I would, uh, you know, finagle around and figure a uh, sneak in and stay overnight all by myself as a biker and camp out all night. And uh, part of the reason that I did that is to set people at uh, ease. You know, you see a lot of these Ghostbuster groups go in and, you know, they go in with a bunch of people and that play, you know, serious things do happen. I, I'm now not a skeptic after what I went through at Spring Ranch, Nebraska. Yeah, that changed my whole life, still affects me in ways that uh, 
I, I, I somewhat regret going on one hand. I'd never let a friend or a group of people ever go to Spring Ranch and stay all night where I did. I'd never let them do it. Uh, I'd never go back there. Um, I literally wrestled a demon there. And I know that sounds crazy, but um, that that's another story. Um, that one really changed me uh, and my whole view. It actually strengthened my faith because where there's evil, that also uh, proves there's, you know, anything good or bad that you prove is spiritual proves the whole spiritual realm, whether it's the good or the bad. It's like if an alien came to uh, Earth and met a really bad person, uh, they could say, well, maybe there's good people too. Uh, but uh, a town, one of my adventures was a town called Moonville. You can Google Moonville. Moonville uh, is a really interesting ghost town in uh, Ohio. It's down below Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, uh, way down in the crazy boonies uh, on a dirt road that's so dangerous. I, I would never advise you ever go there like I did on a motorcycle because there were some real, real scary moments on a full dresser loaded up with gear uh, with just sheer drop cliffs with super thick gravel where you're sliding around. Uh, you wouldn't want to go in there with a big dresser, maybe a dirt bike. But uh, but Moonville was a uh, ghost town and it is a cool little town that, that never had a road to it uniquely grew as a railroad town and the only way to the town was either walking along the railroad tracks because the tracks went in through big tunnels through the sides of the mountain so you couldn't drive there so the only way there was to ride on the train that used to go there through there all the time or to walk it um along the railroad track and uh if you look up moonville you'll see this giant tunnel called the moonville tunnel okay hey i can see you howdy cool. <laughs> got renee he just joined in hey renee how are you doing i'm doing fantastic good good to see you good to see you um, go ahead i'm sorry go ahead so so moonville um, was a town that had it was a mining town and the only reason for it to be there was all the miners lived there their families lived there and then suddenly the railroad shut down that rail line and the town just died uh, and uh, what's uh, so paranormal about Moonville if you google Moonville you'll see a picture of the Moonville tunnel um and it's this really amazing sandstone structure tunnel where a total of, I believe, seven people died when they would be trying to go to Moonville and got caught in the tunnel when the train came through. One was even a little girl, and the little girl now is the reoccurring ghost that everybody experiences there uh, that got hit by the train. And then later... Uh, Supposedly the conductor died uh, in that tunnel. And you see the conductor walking with his 
nightlight in the tunnel. So I had read up on Moonville, and uh, it is quite the adventure. Uh, I'm going to tell you, you have to. I had to park my bike on this old gravel road. I had to hide all my bags because I had to walk three miles, and I was going to camp overnight. So I was worried about some hooligans finding a bike in the middle of nowhere and robbing it. So I, I took all my stuff back in the woods, hit it, carried my tent gear, my machete, you've always seen. This is my uh, this is my traveling companion. I don't know if you can see that. It's oh, World yeah, War that's, your, that's British, your machete. Uh, yeah, it's a World War II British uh, uh, machete, uh, military machete that was issued to the dog man. And my dad uh, was given this by a friend in Germany that was in the British Army me as a gift and so i carry that with me on my trips so uh i hide my bike i hide my gear and you have to walk along the river for about a half a mile and it's the most beautiful walk on the way to this haunted tunnel uh literally rocks hanging over the top of you you're literally walking along the river and the rocks you're walking through a half cave for se in several places it's the most cool coolest place in ohio it's really a great kept secret and then you finally get to the tunnel and the the, the bridge that used to be able to walk right from the road to the tunnel is all washed out that's why you have to cross the river walk along the river up the big hill and then you go through the tunnel and uh you can actually on my my page, Eddie. You, you can actually uh, search on my page for Moonville Tunnel, and you'll see the pictures of my campsite at Moonville, um, and the pictures of the tunnel. Uh, I've, I've actually seen that tunnel on your on your photos on your page. Yeah, it's a bizarre, scary place, man. It is. Um, I. The tunnel is about a hundred, I'd say a hundred and twenty yards to walk through, about the size of a football field. And uh, uh, you know the, the the bridge is washed out, so that there's no trains on it or anything. And uh, you can tell all the people that's been there talking to the little girl and the engineer and all that. You know, it's been graffitied, you know, on the inside. And uh, so what I did is I got there. And then you have to walk about two and a half miles from the tunnel to the ghost town that's along the tracks. And this is one of the coolest scary walks. You can see why it was so isolated. There's two mountainsides coming up both sides of the tracks for miles and miles. So you're in this valley in super thick woods. And so what I did is I walked through the tunnel that first day. Uh, walk the two and a half miles to uh, Moonville, which there's only like rubble left of the place. Uh, sat my tent up down in, in the woods. And then at midnight, uh, I got back on the path at midnight. And it was a full moon that night. And I walked back to the Moonville tunnel to do a midnight walk through the tunnel. Now, Dylan, one of the reasons I did these things was to show people there's nothing to be afraid of you know uh 
sort of facing, you know, your worst fear, being a totally alone in a ghost town, deep in the woods. No, there's no signals on your phone at this place. There's no, no way to contact anybody or call 911 if you get in trouble. And to um, basically do these trips I do to help eliminate people like, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. Now, I have learned now through experiences that the spiritual world is very real. There are things to be afraid of. And you better respect certain places and what I call portals um, and not taunt them uh, because uh, I believe these things are more not ghosts, but demons that manifest themselves in, in the form of what we call ghosts. But these are very ancient beings. These are beings far smarter than us that have been around that 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 uh, you don't uh, you don't poke the gorilla uh, you know you, you better show it respect um, now I didn't have anything happen to me like happened to spring ranch okay uh, but the hairs on the back of my neck and stuff it, it was it was uh, I, I didn't show how I was alone um, now, it turns out, I was, let me tell you a funny story. So I get to the Moonville Tunnel, and I'm on the end of the ghost town. Well, I guess the local high school had a couple football players and a girl that took on what's called the Moonville Challenge to go to the Moonville Tunnel at midnight. Okay? <laughs> now, here, I got a, I got a light that looks like a train on my head. Okay? <laughs> I'm looking like this. I have my machete on my side, okay? And I'm on this end of the tunnel, and I look through, and the moon was so bright that night. You could see all the way through the tunnel, and I see these kids on the other end of the tunnel looking at the tunnel. And you can hear them because their voice was going right through that tunnel. It was like a megaphone, you know? They're going, oh, my God, there's the conductor, you know? They see me, you know, <laughs> and the girls start screaming, and I, I'm like, "Hey, it's okay." Well, I got a machete in my hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I start walking through the tunnel at them, and you know the uh, the big old football player. He was like six five, big old lineman, you know, and he he was like. Come on, let's get out of here. And the one guy's like, no, That's great. You know, and girls screaming, and I get closer, and I kept saying, I'm saying, look, it's okay. And the girl's like, this is what happens in the horror movie. Like, I just got a machete. We're going to die. Let's get out of here. And I'm like, no, seriously, it's okay. <laughs> but I tell you what, it was so hilarious. I mean, these kids went back and told their friends that they – he saw a monstrous, long-haired, scary dude with a machete, you know. Uh, and uh, when I got about 40 yards, they, they just started running. And then I sped up, and I'm like, hey, kids, really, it's okay. I'm doing a ghost story. And they're like, 
keep running, keep running, don't listen to him. Keep, you know, they were scared, like, and, uh, but that was like such a funny thing. Uh, and now and you know later, how urban legends later, are born. Uh, you know, it was, uh, on the last thing they expected to see on their dare, you know, uh, <coughs> but that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but I'm but, telling uh, you that Dean, you just answered everybody's question. How you know these uh, urban legends are are born? You know, it's you traveling the country. <laughs> yeah, Dean, I want you to know that these kids, what they definitely did, they definitely went to high school. They went back to school on Monday and was talking about how they kicked your ass, and there was a guy with a machete, and like one of the guys probably had a cut on his arm from like hitting a tree, and he was like, "See, he cut me with his machete." Like these kids probably talked themselves up to be the most badass people on the planet. <laughs> I, I was, I was worried for him because it's a very dangerous walk in the dark along that path that's right on the river and them rocks hanging over you can hit your head on they were you know they were moving man i mean i i i i have seven kids myself and i was thinking well these kids are gonna get hurt now because they're you know when you're afraid you start just running stupidly <laughs> but uh, now that would have been something good for you to get on film dean yeah, it would, I, I got a lot of great things on film that night. The problem was uh, I didn't have enough light. My, my, I actually have a great audio talk of me talking in that tunnel at midnight. You can find it on my Facebook. Um, and I show my walk along the path. And I tell you, that part of Ohio, there were coyotes everywhere. I mean, it was like a scene out of a werewolf movie. I mean, it was have been a perfect setting for somebody to make a movie you know like a werewolf movie it was it is an extremely it's an abandoned area of ohio it's there is like no people you know um and it's what makes it i think it adds to the legend of moonville but a lot of people the energy that literally a lot of people were killed right in that tunnel so there there was a lot of death at that tunnel um one was, uh, they found two dead bodies of hobos. In the old days, you know, if they caught somebody hitching a ride, um, and if you, if you do some research on Moon, Moonville, they have the story of finding the two dead hobos where they threw them off the train while it was moving. And it killed them both. Wow. And uh, so... Uh, interesting part of Ohio. You feel more like you're in West Virginia in that part of Ohio. Very mountainous, very uh, hilly. Uh, later that night, I got back to my tent about two in the morning, and I had a lot of fun with a group of people that were doing a group walk through the Moonville between the tunnel and the ghost town. I was camped about 70% on your way to the ghost town down the, a steep hill. And I've got my little tent down in the woods in this ravine. Um, so I can see anything coming or going on the uh, path. I can hear it, but you couldn't really see where I was. Uh, and so here come a big group, and they're all talking, and they're they're uh, saying, hey, where are you ghosts? And, you know, they're all having a good time. It was a group, I don't know, seven or eight people. It's, they sounded like they were like, 25-ish to 40, 
40-ish doing this walk together. And so I had a lot of fun with that, uh, uh, calling out through the woods at them. And, and I, I, to talk about scaring the crap out of a big group of people, they were crap in their pants. They, they weren't just laughing anymore. And the women were all like, come on, let's turn around. Let's get out of here. This could be crazy people back here, you know? Now, now Dean, and, uh, real, real quick, buddy, I want you to tell Dylan just a, a, a quick overview of what made you change your mind as a skeptic? Well, it, it really was the incident at uh, when I camped alone at Spring, uh, Spring Ranch, Nebraska. Nebraska, which is considered one of the most haunted places in all of the Midwest. Uh, it, it, it really, it, it happened. Uh, Spring Ranch was the town on the uh, Oregon Trail. It was, uh, it was a resupply station town, basically, for the Oregon Trail. Um, it's where people would bring their dead that would die on the trail, and they had a potter's field uh cemetery uh but what made me a, a real uh a believer is on that trip i again i i had to drive down a five mile road that took me over two hours because the gravel was so thick um unkept and if you have a big dress i don't know if you ever rode a big harley but when you're in loose gravel the that it's that thick i literally had to drive with my feet out you know because it was just wanting to fall all over like oh yeah you'll eat it in a heartbeat with something like that yeah so i had to go about one two mile an hour finally get to springfield uh spring ranch and find uh all the now the way i found spring ranch was i was camping in uh um uh, where was it? Uh, right on the border of uh, around o Omaha. And I put out a dare to my followers. I said, I'll tell you what, tonight you find me the most haunted of ghost town you can find, and I'll stay there tonight. You know? Well, this one guy gets on my way. He goes, Well, the most scariest place in Nebraska is a place called Spring Ranch. So I looked it up on my, I Googled it, found out where it was and everything. You know? now and um and i i went and got uh uh you know mapped it out and i was gonna get there around five o'clock according to my google you know so i i get into this little town that's about uh, 45 minutes away it's the nearest real town to spring ranch the ghost town and i go into this convenience store and i said hey i'd like some beer and whatever and he says where are you where are you from, sir? Because, you know, it wasn't exactly a high-traveled part of Nebraska. And here I am as a biker. He got all my biker gear. And I tell him I'm camping. He goes, where are you going to camp? I said, well, I'm doing a little ghost challenge. I'm staying at a little town called Spring Ranch. And he goes, you got to be kidding. You're, you're not really staying there tonight. I said, yeah. I, he goes, dude, you don't want to do that. I mean, i never seen such a real reaction. I mean, here's a guy running a, you know, a convenience store, you know. And he's, he knew all, but he said, you don't want to do that, sir, honestly. You won't find any local. You won't find that. That place is dangerous. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. I said, now you got me thinking, you know. Uh, but uh, so I get my supplies and everything from the guy. 
And I start down, and it's one of them typical Nebraska roads, you know. I'm just, just barely little hills. And all at once, just like the direction said, you'll see a bronze sign in a cornfield in the middle of nowhere, okay? And if you read the Spring Ranch sign, it says, here lies two mile, three mile up the road, you'll find Spring Ranch where um, Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones were hung um, and the town became cursed. And it has the whole story right on a big, you know, state historical sign. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, okay, this is the place. So I got a picture of that sign you'll see um, my, on that story. So then I drive down the dirt road and that's where it took me over an hour just to go a couple miles. And then I hit it, you know, and here is a really cool uh, old saloon all boarded up, a, a post office, an old train station, uh, like still sitting there from 1895, you know. Um, and then all the buildings are destroyed because the end story of the curse of that town was it was hit directly by a giant tornado. And that was the final thing. That made everybody leave there forever um, because that was cursed. And uh, so uh, the story real quick on spring uh, ranches, the town was a supply station for the Oregon Trail pioneers coming through. And it was, you know, a little town that had a grocery store, saloon, supplies, places, cool little old western really cool ghost town and back then there was a family that moved in and her name was elizabeth taylor now why i at first didn't believe this story on google was the two people that were hung their names was elizabeth taylor after a movie star and the other one was tom jones and i'm like oh come on this is a hoax two famous <laughs> movie stars no. but sure enough their names were elizabeth taylor and tom jones they were brother and sister uh elizabeth taylor was her married name Tom Jones was her brother, and they lived in this really cool house right outside of town. They had moved in and were newcomers, and nobody trusted them. So the way they ended up getting hung was there was somebody going around burning the buildings down, barns mainly. And because they were new in town and they had the place right outside of town, they were accused of doing it. And they started getting threatened of, of being the arsonists that were burning these places down. And Elizabeth Taylor was very worried and so she ordered a shotgun this really like elephant shotgun which then came through the town you know back then you ordered something and came in months later she got her gun and then all the townspeople were upset why is Elizabeth Taylor buying this gun you know because everybody in town knew everybody's business when something came in on order you know somebody got something new and cool everybody knew it well the town then, and then there was another burning, and the town basically got a little mob together and went and accused Elizabeth Taylor of being the arsonist. And they had a big confrontation at which nobody got hurt that time. They left, and then the one main town troublemaker that led the mob said, I'm going back up there, and I'm confronting her about this gun. I'm taking her gun from her. Well, he went up there. And she shot him, and she shot him just right, 
where it literally beheaded him. It blew his head off. Okay. Well, the town went crazy. You know, she said it was self-defense. He was on her property, threatening her, was going to confiscate it, came at her. And, you know, she shot and blew his head off. Well, the town gets together and basically did the old-fashioned lynch mob. And they had an old bridge that went over across the river. And they took Elizabeth Taylor, and they're going to hang her. Her brother, Tom Jones, comes down, starts getting a fight with the mob, saying, my sister is not the one doing this. Leave her alone. Tried to save her. And they're like, fine, we'll hang you too. So they took the brother, Tom Jones, and they took him down, and they went under the bridge, and that same exact bridge is there. I was going to stay all night under the bridge, but I was worried about a flash flood maybe coming through. So I camped out at the cemetery, the haunted cemetery instead, which was a far better experience when I'll tell you what happened. But I did go down right before the sun went down and got under the bridge and did the whole story of uh, Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones. So here's what makes me such a believer, okay? Now, Dylan, if you'd have lived through this night I had, I promise you, you'd change your mind. Because things happened that night that there is no explanation for. So I get there, and there's two bridges. They're both really cool, and I'm not positive which bridge it was. So I go over this wooden bridge. It's still a wooden bridge, okay? I'm nervous as heck. I got this big Harley dresser, and I'm going over. It's wood planks with just two where the tires go over for reinforcement. So I stay on that. I make it across the bridge, and I decide to go up over the hill. I saw a farm. I thought, well, maybe this farmer can uh, explain to me what's going on, you know? And um, so I, I go... I go over the bridge and up this hill, and here's this farm, and I see a lamp on inside the house. And I go inside this, I go I go up to that house, and I knock on the door, and this old man comes to the door, and like, he looked like he had 70s clothes on. It was it was really like stepping back in time. He, uh, what do you call him? Uh, overalls. Uh, overalls, yeah. He had all the classic overalls, flannel shirt, you know, only thing on was the lamp uh, in in the house, and I said, "Hey, sir, look, I, I'm biker. They call me the biker guru. I do rides across the country, working with the homeless, and I do also ghost rides. And I was challenged to stay here at uh, Spring Ranch for the night." He said, "Sir, you don't want to stay here. You need to leave now before it gets dark." And I said, "Well." To be honest with you, I said, it's too late for that now. It's going to be getting dark, and I can't see that gravel. There's no way I can ride in that at night, so I am stuck here. So maybe you can help me. And this farmer then proceeds to tell me where all the places are. He tells me the entire story in the whole. He was the greatest storyteller. He tells the whole story to me about everything that happened in the town. And... I said, well, where's this graveyard? I couldn't, he said, you're going to go leave my place, go back down the hill, and right before you get to the bottom of the bridge, if you look, there's trees overgrown, but you'll see like what looks to be just a, a cornfield kind of, that's called Cemetery Road. You, you go way back that road about a mile, 
and it dead ends right into the cemetery where Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones are buried, along with the Potter's Field. And um, so, now what's interesting, he, he fills me on things that I didn't know about the town that I later went and checked, which were right on, spot on. Um, the first curse of Spring Ranch was it was attacked by Indians, and dozens and dozens of people died, both Indian and the people there. And uh, supposedly Spring Ranch had built its town on an Indian um, sacred, you know, burial ground too close to it. And they uh, that's what caused this big conflict. Um, well, in 1875 is when Elizabeth Taylor got hung. OK. Right after they hung Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones, a judge came into town. They had a, you know, a circuit judge. And here they found the guy who had burnt all the barns. And it was not Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones. And they had a whole trial. The guy was found guilty. So the guy that got his head blown off didn't have to happen. Tom Jones and Elizabeth Taylor were basically murdered by the townspeople. And then you had the survivors of Elizabeth Taylor, two kids, a husband, and Tom Jones's wife. So the town felt terrible. So they, if you go to Spring Ranch Cemetery on the one far end, and I took pictures of their tombs, they've got like six foot high tombstones. And it says right there, Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones. They're on the very end in the exact center of the graveyard, looking over the whole graveyard. Now the farm says to me, he explains this, you're going to go back this road, you're going to go into the graveyard, go to your right, go to the very end, and you'll find their grave. Sure enough, just like the old man said, I, I found their their tombs, their, you know, tombstones. And he said, now, what you want to do is you're going to walk all the way across the graveyard directly straight from theirs, all the way to the other end. And then you will see what we call the portal tree. And the portal tree is a big ancient tree with an opening in it that looks just like a door. And it has Elizabeth Taylor's image you can see in the door. Now, I'm listening to this story and I'm going, you got to be kidding me, you know. I'm getting more parts of the story than I had been learned on Google, you know. The old man, I said, well, how do I know which tree it is? He said, you will know the portal tree when you see the portal tree. He said, first of all, the temperature will drop about 20 degrees, get very cold, and all the hair on your body will stand on end. Well, guess what happens? Here's a skeptical hardcore biker. I get to the other end of the cemetery, and it gets instantly cold. Next thing, I got hair standing up like a static, like an energy force. I mean, like never that I've had before. And here I'm staring at the scariest looking tree that I've ever seen in my life. And there is a perfect door in this tree. And it looks like a woman's body. It, it's the freakiest thing. The legend of the Spring Ranch Cemetery is because the townspeople all wrongly judged her and her brother. They looked over the cemetery and everybody that died from that town 
from thenceforth, they judged and sat through the portal tree to their judgment. And they ju- they got to judge everybody in the town when they died. Well, all kinds of people started dying in very freak ways that was involved in the mob. And the one guy, the farmer said, he said, whatever you do, promise me you won't touch that tree. Do not touch that tree. You touch that tree, you will die. I'm like, really? I, I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, one of the people in the mob, they finally wanted to end the curse of Spring Ranch. They went, put uh, logs all the way around that tree, lit it to burn the tree down, and it only left black marks on the tree. Everything burned up around it. And the very next morning, that man was found dead in his bed. And so he said, you don't promise me you won't touch this tree. So anyway, so this tree, man, I took pictures of this tree. You look at this tree, you will see demons in it. Your mind will go crazy. I put that up. I had people say, Dean, look over here. Look over there. Everybody sees this tree. Even on the pictures, it's just scariest tree you ever saw. Well, guess what dumb, dumbass Dean does? I go and I set my tent up for the night just 50 feet over on the edge of the graveyard, just from the portal tree. Because, you know, I want to overcome the highest fear I can possibly have. You know, that's sort of the purpose as the skeptic, you know. Well, already... This farmer, everything he said was true so far. And he said, also beware of the witching ranch. He said, you know, in the early 70s and late 60s, a coven of witches, because of the legend of Spring Ranch, bought the farm on the other side of the river. And they had big covens and witch get-togethers. And he said, there's still been people seen down there and they still have meetings and reconvene there on certain nights. And guess what that night was? It was the super rare, two years ago, the super rare red blood moon. That was a prophecy moon, actually. And that night, you wouldn't believe it. The moon looked like you could reach out and grab it. And it was like a burning bush, scariest look. And I'm like, way to go. Once I get all this information, I'm like, what is the odds I'm the guy in the dumb movie that comes to this place on sacrifice night <laughs> and I'm supplying the human sacrifice for these people, you know? And uh, so I decide before it gets dark to run down there real quick over the bridge and visit this witching ranch. And that's where you'll see the weirdest pictures. I mean, they had human cages. They had, that are actually live cages. I've never seen anything like this in my my life. You look at the pictures. I, I'm telling you, you'll see these. They made cages with live plants. It's not a cage made with sticks. It literally is grown out of the ground. The cage is alive. The branches go in and out. And inside you have benches where they kept people inside these uh, uh, plant cages. Um, they look like they were, you know, 70 years old. It was creepiest looking things. There's you're a skeptic. Look at the pictures. I took pictures of these things. But all kinds of... So I, I started saying, hey, anybody here? Because I could tell the path, the path was beaten down. And 
some of the buildings look like people had been coming in and out. Now, I was a little nervous because I'm like, I, I wanted to be in this town all alone, but there are people here tonight. And I'm yelling real loud, hey, hey I'm, I'm going to be here, you know, whoever's here, don't worry. And I'm trying to draw somebody out. And there was this old outhouse. Did you, did you ever see the picture of the old outhouse? Yes, I did. That's my favorite one. I tell you, I walked inside this outhouse, and it had 1970 Playboy naked pictures all, all over the walls that were in perfect condition, as though somebody put them up in 1970. The room didn't have cobwebs. It was clean, clean in a rough, dirty way. I don't know how to explain. It was in a scary, like the hills have eyes, you know, bathroom i'm like okay somebody's living there there's somebody going to the using this outhouse um they got these ancient porno pictures all over that are all you know 1970 playboy pictures and i could never get anybody to come so now i'm going oh crap i'm gonna have trouble sleeping tonight because there's some right across the other side of the hanging bridge i got the witch's farm now to deal with and you know that's sort of scary because they're real you know, <laughs> they're real people and they've done some weird stuff on that witching farm. Um, later on, again, once uh, after I left, I confirmed it was a witching farm and there was a whole story about these witches that live down there. Still do, I think. But uh, so now I get back. I get back to the graveyard. I have to ride my Harley through this field road down the cemetery uh drive and i set up my campground make me a little fire spot uh i got a six pack of beer you know and and i'm i'm gonna settle in for the night and at midnight i'm going to walk through the cemetery from elizabeth taylor and tom jones through the graveyard where the man that she blew his head off is exactly halfway in the middle between their grave and the portal tree and then I'm going to go and get as close to the portal tree without touching it and, you know, do my walk like I do at midnight on these rides. Well, I got to tell you, it was with a full blood red moon to boot. It was like the scariest, weirdest experience of my life. I got done with the walk and I'm feeling uh, overwhelmed, uh, hair standing up. Um, I don't scare easily. Of course, I don't. I, I wouldn't drive to Spring Ranch in the middle of the night and camp out. But let me tell you something. I was seriously feeling bad, evil vibes. Well, I finally uh, go to bed and crawl in my little one-man tent. And I'm laying there. And this is what changed my life. Okay, I'm laying in that bed, and this uh, my sleeping bag, and I fall asleep, and I'm laying on my stomach, and the next thing you know, I have the most vivid dream that is can be as real as any dream you can possibly have and think it's real. That's what I'm thinking at the time, but I have the most evil 
preacher laying on my back. It felt to be eight foot tall, big hands, like, you know, twice the length of fingers as human fingers, holding me down, uh, like from my, hold my, like right here where your neck is, holding down with his head right here saying, you will leave here and never come back. And I mean, this voice was so ancient, so powerful. The fear was so off the charts. I was literally begging for death. I'm like, please just let me die, get this over with. You know, I mean, it was the most terrifying. I, I'm a, I'm a Greco wrestling coach, okay? Bronze certified, Olympic center. My sons are the only three brothers to ever be in the state championship finals. My family ain't afraid of much. I was a blathering, absolute petrified, frozen, uh, fear. Like, I, I've never felt before. I don't think I could ever feel again. And I mean... I literally wanted to die, and I wanted to die right now. And then suddenly I, I get my wits, and I had slept with my Bible. I got this Bible I've had since I've been in the Navy. And I had it right beside me, and I grab my Bible, and I say, in Jesus' name, you get off me now. In Jesus' name, I started yelling, you know, and I, I just jump up and started invoking uh jesus name get out of the my tent and i in my bible it's this big giant red moon i'm in the middle of the scare by the cemetery i got the portal tree right there and i gotta tell you man there's no help there's no 911 there's no signal there's no help there's nobody to call you know you're all alone and i'm going i i i mean it was terrifying terrifying I don't go to bed the rest of the night. I pace. I'm reading the Bible. I'm quoting the Bible. I'm praying out loud. And I'm apologizing to God for disrespecting, you know, and 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 uh, get me through this night. I'll never make light of evil or bad again. I'll take it seriously, you know. Um, and then I was like, hey. Wherever I'm at wrong here, I will be gone. I'll never come back. I won't let my friends come back here. And literally the most terrifying. And as soon as that sun came up, I had my stuff packed, had it on that bike, and started going down that gravel road as soon as there was enough light to see. Now, here's where the story gets weird. That's not the scariest thing that happens now. You think that's bad. I get back down the dirt road. I find it to the little back road. And I just start, I'm heading towards Colorado because ultimately I'm heading to the uh, West Coast. And I start riding. I'm driving, I'm driving towards Colorado Springs. I get about 20 minutes down the road. And here's this little farmer gas station cafe where all the farmers meet first thing in the morning, have coffee, breakfast. It's half gas station, half cafe. It's like the coolest little thing out of nowhere. And here I pull up in my bike as a biker, you know. 
in this total farm area. And I walk into that gas station and it was like a movie. The whole place goes quiet. Like, what the hell are you doing here? You know, sun's just been up 20 minutes, 30. Well, actually with the ride, probably an hour into sun, sunrise. And I said, well, I, I, uh, I camped out at Spring Ranch last night. And they were like, you stayed at Spring Ranch last night? Are you crazy, man? Are you? Oh, sit down, man. you got to tell us what. I mean, here the locals are scared to death of this place. Okay. So the the waitress, she goes back and gets the cook. Hey, come back here. Listen to this guy. He stayed at Spring Ranch last night. And the girl goes, sir, here's my biggest question. I said, what's that? Did you talk to the ghost farmer? Did he talk to you? Now, here's where it gets really weird. Okay. I said, ghost farmer. She goes, yeah, right across the hanging bridge. There's a farm right there. And this farmer talks to everybody and tells them the whole story. He died in 1975. And he, he comes, and anybody that comes there, he tries to warn them and tries to get them to leave. And I'm like, oh, my God. You're telling me I talked to a ghost. I said, yeah, there's the farmer. He had a little lantern on. She goes, oh, my God. Did, was he wearing like, uh, uh, you know, overalls? And I said, yes. She said, he's been dead since 1975. And the story is that strangers that pass through there. That is tells crazy. the whole story. Yeah. What's that, Eddie? I said, that is, that is just crazy. Can you, I mean, I couldn't imagine having somebody telling me something like that and then realizing I was talking to a ghost. Uh, I tell you, it's surreal. And you're talking to the guy that did these things to prove, you know, I was the skeptic, you know. Uh, I was the guy to prove that there is nothing to be afraid of, you know. Well, it gets weirder because, uh, so I tell them the whole story, and these people were like, sir, we're local. Nobody stays there. Nobody takes even challenges, not even for fun. You, you don't go to Spring Ranch. And uh, and just to follow up on the Spring Ranch story uh, and why the town's really cursed is so the you had the first curse of the man that tried to burn down the portal tree and he died, okay? So the town super respected the cemetery and honored them and took care of everything the next 25 years. And then in 1900, on the anniversary of the hanging, of Elizabeth Taylor and Tom Jones on the anniversary the town gets hit with a level 4 tornado and it levels the whole town destroys it and then wow. that was the final straw everybody left everybody you know and you go through there and you still see all the buildings just tornado just all the houses and stuff just flattened People just left. They didn't rebuild. The, the, the remains are still there. But some of the cool buildings, like the saloon and stuff, still survived. One of the old churches survived. And um, so now I drive a little further, okay? And I get to my, uh, I get to Colorado, and I pull into this old campground. There was nobody staying there because it was a little off-season. And there's an old lady. She checks me in. And she says, you have that. I said, I went somewhere all alone. I can just chill tonight. I had a worst experience of my life. I said, 
I just, and she goes, it's a great little spot. You'll be all by yourself right on this little the river that's running down the, the mountainside. So I set up, got all set up. And uh, then I go down to the laundry facility to take a shower. I take a shower and I need to wash my clothes. And here an old lady that uh, cleans the place, takes care of it. She's cleaning it. And she says, hey, I'll, I'll help wash your clothes for you. And uh, I said, well, that's great. So I went, I take my shower. I come out of the shower. I go back in the laundry room and I don't have my shirt on, you know. And, um, and the lady said, so you had a bad night? I said, yeah. I said, I had a horrible night. And I tell her the story of how I fought this demon and how I thought I was going to die and how it held me down. And she goes as white as a ghost, white as a ghost. She said, sir, have you seen your back? And I said, no. What, what do you mean? I have handprints burnt into my back and my neck. Okay. Yeah, I have totally red fingertips, all, like a bruising more like a, like, I mean, I literally had these giant handprints on my back and neck. At that point, for the next two days of my ride, I almost don't say a word. I mean, I'm literally thinking, so I now know it wasn't a dream. I know something really happened the night before. I have it confirmed by the people in the cafe on so the ghost farmer. I have got the burns on my back. I got the coldness around the portal tree. Uh, so that is what made me a believer in uh, that there are places uh, that are, I believe, cursed. I believe there's portals where, you know, between our world and the, the, the dynamic world, I believed I was messing with demons, maybe something very ancient with Indians, maybe that area. Uh, I mean, but Mother Nature was not going to let anybody live there anymore and didn't appreciate guys like me coming around and invading their privacy. And uh, I now uh, have a profound... And this has bothered me now since I've even done my last show with you. I have now that reoccurring dream of that thing on top of me. Uh, I felt I felt like, you know, you talk, talk about how women talk about being raped, you know, like that. Like, I, I mean, I felt spiritually violated. Like, I mean, the, the I've never felt it felt like a thousand pound creature was on me. I felt like an ant being played with by a, a, a full-grown kid with a son with a like a microscope, you know, like just toyed with. And you're a strong nothing. dude, Dean. You're not some little little uh, guy. I mean, you're you're a wrestler. I mean, you you you're strong as heck. I I I felt like an insignificant nothing, and I realized that that voice. You can feel it was ancient. This thing was ancient. It was its it was its territory. 
And I also learned some positive things in that I felt if I didn't have my Bible and I did not invoke the name of Jesus, I don't know how that night would have turned out for me. I don't know what else. I was on the verge of complete just heart attack, let me die. It would have been a blessing to die. The fear was that insane, you know? And uh, nobody and nothing has ever made me feel like that before. Nothing. Dean, I sent you a message on uh, Facebook uh, just so you know uh, who who I am. Um, Would you mind sending me those pictures that you have? Well, it would be easier. I'm at my 5,000 max friends, but I always have an opening one or two a day. If do you know how to go on somebody's Facebook and under search, you can. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Poke in Spring Ranch, and then you'll see all the pictures. You'll get to see the pictures of the Witch's Farm, the Hanging Bridge. Okay, thank you. The cemetery. Oh, Dylan. This stuff. There's so many pictures. Yeah, these photos and everything that he has are just incredible. You would just be amazed at the way these things look. It was a terrifying experience. Very, very so, much so. Dylan, tell me real quick, man. After hearing his story, what do you think? I mean, what what would you have felt if you were in his position? Well, you know, um, I, I think that his, you know, the the thing that's interesting about his story is, is many of these stories, you know, they only these folks only talk about the bad, but he talked about what was seemingly a, a good uh, spirit, if that's the proper word to use, is of this uh, of this farmer uh, who who tried to almost warn him and and send him in, in another you know direction. I'm on this show, Eddie's show. Um, so. Uh, my- Go ahead. Oh, you're, Go ahead. you're good. So that's that's what's uh, that's what's different to me is that uh, you know he he has this uh, this story of you know this positive force uh, you know trying to keep him safe uh, you know so I, I can't really put myself in his shoes because I've never experienced anything you know even near that but I mean definitely I can feel the the emotion when he when he told the story you know and that's what's weird is. I've heard other stories people tell, and I pick it apart, and I can see inconsistencies in it. But, you know, so I was always like, yeah, I'm a little skeptical. You know, you never, you never want to trust people when they're highly emotional. When you get really scared, you, your imagination can go wild. But I'm a pretty calm person in that I've done these things, you know. And, um, there, you know, I can't. I'll never be able to let go the actual experience, you know, and, and I've tried to think of ways where it was all my imagination, but yet I go to the cafe where there were, you know, locals, you know, that told me things they couldn't have known. I, how could she have known? There's no way that girl knew I talked to a farmer the night before, but here she was. First question, did you talk to the farm, you know? And then when I think back to the whole farmer experience, it gives me the craziest goosebumps because he was a friendly spirit. Uh, but now I re-look at that. The farm was abandoned. I, 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 if I, I didn't notice that so much because I saw a light in the house in the window. It was the only thing you saw was a human presence. But it was an old lantern. It wasn't electricity. I, I just never 
you know, I thought, well, I'm way in the backwoods in Nebraska, and here's an old hermit farmer, you know. Um, but the way he talked, the details, as though he knew some of these people. I mean, his story was, I mean, you, this guy, if he was real, he could put a business together where they had directions to come stay, visit him. He sends them down, they camp out, and he could make money out because he's that, I mean, he was so genuine. You know what I mean? It was, he didn't know I was coming, you know? But he took the time to really tell me the whole story. He led me to where the cemetery was that I couldn't even find and wouldn't have found. You know, uh, he knew it was it was it was a just amazing experience and uh, good and bad um, lessons learned. Um, but uh, you know, uh, it, it profound. Uh, you could make a mini movie out of that whole thing. I mean, that place could when they make these other movies like the Amityville Horror. I really think somebody could put a great movie together about Spring Ranch, its history. Uh, you make it right on site where the witching farm is. I, that'd be, a, you know, again, though, I promised that I would never return. And I promised that none of my friends would ever come. And then I had all my friends want to do it. And I told them, I said, please, I, I don't want you to go there. I, I really... Um, feel it is an evil place uh and it is a ancient place way before spring ranch was there i believe that town was built on the wrong piece of ground um and uh you know it it's uh but but great human experience i would never trade in for myself you know uh I, I would never. I wouldn't want to unlive it. Or I'd never want to live it again. <laughs> that you, you know, makes any sense. You know that that story you tell, Dean, never gets old. I never get tired of hearing it, and neither does uh, Renee. I know Renee likes that story quite a bit. I'm just, just every time we tell it, I'm just stuck. I'm glued. I love it. It's so fascinating, <laughs> and I'm and horrifying at the same time. I, I I'm just glued. But uh, and you know, I, I'm not one to tell yarns. I mean, I, for a living, I I run a very large uh, national photo company. I've got seven kids. I've been a coach my whole life. I've not, you know, I'm big on you know, uh, uh, you know, integrity and and telling the truth. And so I really struggled with this story. I, I even struggled with telling the whole story because. I felt it could de-legitimize the things I've lived for because people are going to go as Dean gone crazy, you know. But, but it is what it is, and and, and um, you know, I I think it should be told for the lessons that can be learned from it, you know. Well, Dean, I appreciate you getting on here and uh, telling the story again. We're out of time. And uh, but thank you so much for jumping in, buddy. And I appreciate you telling that story again, also for uh, Dylan, uh, because I, you know, he's learning about the paranormal. He's uh, gets into the conversations, and I, I'm really glad you were able to sit there and talk to him and tell him something that happened to you personally. That way, you're able to, uh, you know, share your experience with him so that he has something else to go on, something with some meat. Well, hey, Dylan, if 
you get on my thing and, and look us I up? I did. I, I already saw that. I already saw the picture. I already saw all the pictures. I looked it up immediately. Feel free to uh, call me sometime if you want to like turn it around on what you read about and what my story is, and you want to turn it around and you talk about it and ask questions about okay. maybe certain parts of it. I'd be glad to answer any questions about any pictures or questions you might have. Thank you. Um, from the story, but uh, pleasure meeting you guys, and it's always great to as well. to Eddie and Renee. All right. You Dean. guys have a great night. Yes, sir, Dean. You take care of yourself, buddy. You're welcome right. on the show anytime, be, be bud. Kind, Just... Be kind and look out for look look out for all those homeless people during we do. this winter, you know? We do. All yes, right. sir, definitely. All and right. you're welcome on the show anytime, buddy. Just let me know whenever you're out or if you want to jump on and just shoot me a message and you know you're more than welcome. All right. Sounds great, Eddie. All right, my brother. You You be safe, sir. All right. Talk to you later. I said I look forward to meeting you in person. Oh, absolutely. We're going to have to be doing that here pretty soon. You know that, right? I got to get things opened up in Texas. I got to get. Where is it you living? I got to get uh, right at Kroger's and. Yeah, we're we're right here in San Antonio. Ah, perfect. Okay. You know, gosh, we got to get together. All right. You come over here. I'll 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 even run up and help you out and see what we can do. Yeah, that would be great. I, I'm going to need help. I need I need some. Uh, uh, I just, you know, it's funny. I I found some of my greatest people on just random Facebook running. I found the greatest people to do business with generally, or people or somebody like you that helped me meet the person. You know, not like personal contacts. You know, absolutely. But, uh, believe like it or I said, not, not that I look like a businessman, but I used to be in nothing but super clean cut shape. Uh, <laughs> two thousand dollar suits and uh uh i i won't go back to that uh but my sons do it now <laughs> right let the, let all them right, do brother. it you're you're I, you're I, semi-retired i love you guys see you later all right brother be Good safe night. adios all righty so i guess that'll do it everybody we appreciate y'all joining in and checking out the show i hope y'all enjoyed uh dean nelson and uh the biker guru is what he's known as and if you get a chance look him up on facebook uh, he's always out there he does a lot of work for the homeless and for our military veterans that are homeless as well and uh he, he basically he'll, he helps anybody that needs help and he'll load up that harley of his and he'll travel down the road with 300 dollars or 300 i'm sorry 300 pounds worth of supplies on the back and uh you know he he just does an amazing job one great guy and a, and a hell of a storyteller um dylan what you think man I thought that was just a hell of a story. I was looking at the picture. I, I even uh, I hope it, I don't think it'll be a problem with Dean. I I showed the picture to to my folks on the stream here, and um, I will say that this tree man it looks like a, a lady. <laughs> I it really does, doesn't it? I can't debunk. That. I mean, you can see the face. I, I mean, uh, I I can't I can't pick apart his story like I normally can with a lot of these folks and. I would like to say I appreciate his time. And my final thought for, for today is just be good people, guys. Renee, what you got? Like always, damn. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I know I'm usually speechless, but I'm more speechless than, uh, than ever. The, every time he tells us, this is the third time I've heard a story, and I'm just dumbfounded to how scary... I mean, what happened to him? Yeah, I mean, you can just imagine the terror that was probably going through his mind, you know, and, and, and through his body at the time all that stuff was taking place. And you can feel that emotion as well. Oh, most definitely. Um, I, I definitely believe 
that he saw something and it and it scared it scared, almost scared him to death yeah i agree so with that everybody we appreciate everything we appreciate you watching dean thank you very much my brother you're awesome and you're awesome each and every time uh dylan thanks for being on renee thanks for being on and renee you actually i think you got a full hour in though by the way this time around <laughs> i know i'm i'm busy my my family uh, my family's always comes first but uh i had to go uh, go see a choir concert my daughter but uh, oh, i'm glad i that's made it that's something you don't want to miss so you know that's no, good no 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 all right. So anyway, everybody take care. We love you guys. Remember next Thursday, we'll be back on and uh, maybe we can convince Randy Cole to get back on here at some point in time and uh, go over some stuff. Right, Randy? So I'm sure he'll be on. Anyway, y'all oh, take- next weekend, next weekend, I'll be going to the Renaissance Festival, Texas Renaissance Festival. Oh, and I'll be broadcasting live sweet. Uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Hey, maybe I can pull you in through Skype at the Renaissance Festival during the, the Thursday night deal, and you can kind of walk us around a little bit. Well, I won't be leaving until Friday morning. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you'll just be getting everything ready. Yep. All right. Yep, well, yep. sounds good. Everybody take care. We'll talk to you next Thursday. You know, be safe. Uh, and remember, you know, be good to each other. Let's try and bring this world back together. I mean, it's seriously, we, we really need to work hard to, to bring this world and, and make us all one again. So uh, let's, uh, let's work on that, and uh, we'll do our best to be good on our end as well. Take care, everybody, and uh, we shall be talking to you guys very, very soon. All right, night, all. Good night.